Hey, Andy Fortuna here, and I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to listen to Connect and Move Radio. If you are a licensed practitioner, such as a massage therapist, athlete trainer, acupuncturist, physical therapist, etc., who believes in treating the person as a whole, enjoys spending one-on-one time providing hands-on care, and loves helping people improve their confidence, their movement, and facilitate the body's natural inner healing, then I have the course for you the Holistic Movement-Based Practitioner course. It's a mentorship-style course with a three-day live workshop and remote mentorship where we dive into practical assessment and manual therapy skills, movement programming for performance, and energy meditation work. You can find more information in the description at the bottom of this podcast. If you're interested in being part of this immersive educational experience, then take the time right now to sign up. The course is only open to six students, and there's an application and interview process to make sure that this course is right for you. We currently have an active wait list. So if you're interested, you can send an email to andyandmyrenew.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy this episode. Hold up. Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna. Today, we're going to be going into the world of visceral manipulation as a form of manutherapy and basically how to make your organs uh, be more healthy. Today's guest is Dr. Missy. Wow, I definitely forgot to ask her about her last name. I'm going to go ahead and wing this. It is Aberkecht. That probably is wrong, but she will recommend or she will um, help me out with that. Founder of Invincible and Doctor of Physical Therapy. She has always been fascinated about how the human body moves and how the movement has profound impact on your total health. She believes that movement is medicine and that it helps us go about life more effectively. It feeds our brains and it keeps our organs functioning properly. She specializes in visceral uh, manipulation, making sure your organs move well. Body awareness, self-care education, and natural tools for health. Missy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. No problem. First and foremost, how do you say your last name? I apologize. (laughs) I definitely butchered that live. Um, It's all good. Uh, it's Albrecht, so it's Albrecht. Ger- German. You can spit at the end if you want. There's a good thing we have a cover on this <laughs> microphone. I'm pretty yeah, sure there's, exactly. there's saliva all over it right now. <laughs> it's all good. All right, so I mean, give us the the background story. What uh, you know, what led you to where you're at right now? Yeah. Um. So I'm out in Denver, Colorado. My business is Invincible, and I, growing up, I played soccer. I did a lot of sports. Um, Grew up at the beach, but soccer was my main thing and um, decided to go the physical therapy route just because I had spent so much time with injuries, headaches, different health issues where physical therapy really helped me personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got my degree from UC Davis in exercise biology and spent a lot of time in their training room. I played soccer for them. And that kind of, that led me into physical therapy school, but I had this year off because I had been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, um, which I don't, I don't, I'm sure you've heard of that, but it's, I kind of consider it a blank diagnosis of, Hey, we don't really know what's wrong with you, but you're sick. So let's give Mm -hmm. you something, um, and up your insurance premiums for it too. (laughs) Uh, But so I took that year off in between and kind of worked as an aide and got my strength and conditioning license and just tried to figure out my health. And it ended up being after medications and doctors and all kinds of stuff, it ended up being nutrition related. 
um, there was an amazing holistic nutritionist that I worked with in uh, the South Bay area. And just making that shift in nutrition was huge for me because I started to have more energy. I wasn't getting the aches and pains and I consider it, consider it getting rid of the chronic fatigue. Mm -hmm. But at the time I was also still having, I was having some back pain, which as a soccer player, you kind of expect is just like life because you've been thrown around and uh, crashed with so many bodies in your lifetime. But when I started physical therapy school, I obviously had professors kind of look at me and ask their opinion. And we had a professor at the time who specialized in uh, visceral manipulation. And I was kind of giving him my story. I think uh, I think I went up as a, a demo for a spine manipulation, and it actually made everything worse. So he's like, this isn't coming from your spine. And I was telling him about, I had been diagnosed with the gluten intolerance and a bunch of other um, food intolerances. And he's like, I really think this is coming from your organs. And he, we did a bunch of sessions. He got rid of my back pain just by working on different areas in my abdominal cavity. Mm. Um, And specifically where the small intestine meets the large intestine. And the idea is, and a lot of the research now behind it is, you know, I was getting, it's kind of near the ileocecal valve where those two connect. Mm -hmm. And people with gluten intolerances, gluten tends to build up in that area. And it sits so closely to your psoas, your hip flexor, your spine, your pelvis, And it was, for me, it was just causing all of that to tighten up and create that referred pain. Um, So that was my story. And I was just, you know, this little PT student blown away that my organs could be related to that kind of stuff. Um, So I spent some time, you know, fine tuning my traditional physical therapy skills, uh, working, a lot of just self-care education. I worked in the CrossFit world a lot and then have just dove headfirst into more visceral manipulation training through the Baral Institute and the Institute of Physical Art. Um, And it's just, it's so fun to be able to open people's minds a little bit more about movement and how organs can be related. I love it. So you basically had a actual issue your own and kind of led you down this this road into, uh, all right, so if it's not the physical, muscular, soft tissue uh, problem, again, you had the, the help with your professor. You're like, hey, it might be actually an, an internal issue, but more so like organ. And that's yep. what you mentioned. It was, uh, what was the valve again, the name of the valve? It's the ileocecal valve. So it's a just a muscular thing that connects small and large intestine. Which recurred or we started creating this uh, referral pain or had it was close to the psoas, right? So as a hip flexor group and then started creating this hip or should I say this uh, referral pain to the back, similar to what like a trigger point would create. Is that kind of like the. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger point. You got all the nerves around there, too. So it was just creating this. My pelvis was just constantly out of alignment. Um, And that was just one of the contributing factors. 
Mm, okay. Okay. And I mean, once you started going down this realm, obviously you had a a positive experience and you said, you know, this is not something I was exposed to. I really like the approach to this. And you just decided to kind of dive deep into it and become more familiar with it and later on become specialized in it. Yeah, it's because uh, it's so amazing to, especially in the athlete world, how much we think of you think of your core, you think of breathing. There's a lot of education out there right now on breathing, but what's beneath that is oftentimes overlooked. And, you know, as I graduated and started working on people's psoas muscle, I was like, I'm moving all these organs out of the way to get to this muscle. So there's got to be, they've got to be contributing to something. Mm-hmm. And I have so many patients who, once we kind of piece back through how they got injured, let's say they hurt their back deadlifting, we start talking and they usually only poop like once a week. So their constipation could be creating this dysfunction in their core muscles because the pressure from having that backup isn't allowing them to brace properly or breathe properly. Um, So it's really cool to piece those together for people. I think that's super interesting. One, me uh, now studying into acupuncture and oriental medicine, this is a big component to it, right? Internal medicine that not a lot of people, not not a lot of practitioners kind of either know or look into. Um, But one of the things that I, that I, that I see going on is the awkwardness, right? The, the, the uncomfortable conversation or the questions of how do you poop? How many times do you poop? You know, how, yeah. what's the approach? And, and I guess what's the struggles that you find uh, trying to use this approach or trying to integrate this approach with your patients? Or is it more like uh, your patients are you know, gun ho and are like, yeah, perfect. Let's do this. I have a few patients who want me to put the poop emoji on my logo, (laughs) which I refuse to do because that would be a barrier of entry for sure. But, um, you know, it's just a huge piece of the work that I do is so it's so important for relationship building. And, you know, I've had my, my athletes come in that want to work on squatting and they've had their appendix removed when they were a kid and they're just not open to the idea of their organs being part of it. So I just have to work with them and where they're at. And, you know, maybe, maybe they will in the future. And I let them know that this could be a real limiting factor, but people definitely, they think it's number one, they don't like to talk about their pooping schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, but they just think it's it's a normal thing. They're on medication to help them. Um, so it's it's sometimes a challenging topic, but I think it's worth the awkward moments. And I even have a kind of a, like a squatty potty diagram in my office. So people are like, whoa, where am I? <laughs> right, right. But it's helpful. I mean, just like you mentioned, I mean, I think it's very important as a practitioner to have those uncomfortable uh, conversations, especially if that's your, especially if you know a lot of information about it and you can help a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I think you, you mentioned a very important aspect of it is meeting them where they're at or meeting them halfway. It's not the idea of imposing this technique or imposing this approach. Rather, in fact, is um, meeting them, right? Getting them to the point where they at least can listen uh, to some education, some knowledge that you have that can help, even though they don't take it right away. But I think that that meeting them halfway and educate them, educating them is super important, especially to with those hard patients. Um, 
and you started mentioning too is, is some people are okay with the fact that they have an uh like a bowel movement pro- uh, problem and yeah they're taking some medication but you know that's about it at least they're getting taken care of in that realm but some don't want to go past that but some as as you mentioned do really like the the fact that they have a practitioner that can maybe wean them off that type of medication yeah. and even help them um progress you know maybe even uh, get to a point where they don't even have those issues anymore or someone in fact that they comes in and they don't even realize it was an internal uh, or an organ issue um, that they were actually having a back pain kind of like you had uh, but you're able to identify that i think that's awesome and i think that the fact that you meet them and meet them with education i think is super powerful yeah thank you it's um it's definitely a team approach too because when you look at someone who's on a lot of medications to eliminate that is not my place to say, hey, we need to get you off of this medication necessarily. Like that's a doctor thing, a medical doctor. And um, so having that, you know, conversation about like, let's get your whole medical team involved and ask them like, is this a possibility? Because I'm aware that this could be, you know, a Band-Aid to the deeper issue. So I love having those referral sources and working with other uh, professionals as well. How does that, do you find that you get resistance from other, either medical doctors or other practitioners uh, in the fact that you practice this type of specialty or or do you find like they're, you know, on board with it or they want to learn a little bit more? It's really interesting. I haven't yet. um, It's on my to-do list to reach out to the people who may be more weary about it, but I've Mm -hmm. been blessed with more natural practitioners reaching out to me first. Um, just because they're hearing about the organ work and hearing the success stories and they just want to learn more about it. So I've had such an awesome team come to me wanting to learn about it that I just kind of roll with that right now. But I do know one of my goals is to start reaching out to, um, you know, some surgeons who do gallbladder removal, appendectomy, removing the appendix, um, C-section so that just to increase the awareness that this work is helpful. So I'll, I'll keep you posted on those responses. Yeah. We're going to have to have like a second secondary podcast see yeah. where you're at with that progress. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I mean, tell us a little bit more of the benefits of visceral manipulation and then we'll go into kind of like how um, your whole process of going into it. Yeah. So essentially our organs need to move just like our muscles, our joints and they have a rhythm of movement that is created um, as you're developing as a fetus. And this movement can be disrupted through inflammatory foods, uh, stress, poor posture, surgery, a bunch of different things, even a trauma like a car accident or falling off your mountain bike. Um, And so it's just making sure that those organ restrictions are number one, not um, that getting them to move better is helping to increase the function of the organs. So making sure the liver can detox properly. Um, Same with the kidneys, making sure your intestines can digest food properly. So it's definitely affecting organ function, but secondarily making sure the surrounding tissue can move well. Um, you know, I have, I have this patient right now who 
we had been working for years um, just in a mobility class that I was teaching in a gym on his overhead position. He's a CrossFit athlete and he could barely lift his arms overhead. And he finally came in to see me and I learned more about his health history. And he had had a pretty big surgery on one of his veins near his liver. Mm. And I started working on his liver and we gained 15 degrees of overhead position with his shoulders right away. Um, Yeah. So it's, you know, it's just, it's another tool in the toolbox, but if someone has had a surgery like that and is really struggling to improve position, it's kind of like, okay, what else, what else is tying into this? You you start to make it more of a holistic approach, right? It's not just, obviously you have the biomechanical right side of it when it comes to um, rehab and movement-based, but like we're starting to learn here with the visceral side uh, approach like you have, Missy, is now you start to encompass the the entire body as a whole, right? Not just the superficial layers of the soft tissue or, or muscular or even joint for that matter, but actually playing a part or having organs actually play a part in that realm. Yes. Definitely. It's huge, huge, huge. So, um, and I had, I had a really good professor explain it in a way that we as the practitioner are here to, if you were a snowball at the top of a mountain, every time you come in, we're here to push the snowball down. The goal is to get down to the bottom, but we're not there to necessarily fix your body. We're just easing it along and you may run into some deep snow or a tree or a snowboarder. And those obstacles Mm -hmm. could be um, medication that continues to block up your liver. Um, Your diet, like not eating properly for your body. It could be sleep, Um, could be stress. So every time we're just trying to kind of piece through what's the next step, do we need to add someone to the team? but it's just, it's helping the body heal itself because the body is pretty amazing thing. Yeah, you, you, you mentioned this, this team approach, right? And I've had several podcasts with other practitioners that, again, we all talk about the same thing, right? Where it's not just you coming to a practitioner and that's it. It's actually that practitioner having either a network or actual uh, practitioners that are either in the facility uh, or someone that they can refer to that can help, right? That now, uh, maybe again, maybe not everybody, not maybe the person or the practitioner like ourselves may not have all the tools, but we know uh, other very good practitioners that have the tools in place to be able to provide that necessary care. And the idea is to provide that holistic care uh, that the patient needs. And I think having that not only having those that uh, network and that referral system, but having an eye for those things, like like you're mentioning here with the uh, with these assessments and with these uh, small little tools that we may have uh, or big tools as well as specialties, um, it creates now this experience for the patient to be taken care of rather than just having these band-aids. And I think this team approach is super important. And I think more practitioners should um, should encourage that. Definitely. And even like exactly what you're doing on your end, you know, you are a part of the team with athletic trainer and Mm -hmm. movement coach. And yeah, I love that. So, I mean, now that you, so now that we know a little bit more of the benefits of visceral manipulation, can you tell us a little more of the process or kind of like what a day in the life of uh, a practice with Missy uh, looks like? Yeah, totally. Um, So this 
this has been one of the big biggest shifts going from general physical therapy to the visceral manipulation because it's a lot of listening mm-hmm. to the body and having a less um, less pressure in your hands, really. Because as yeah. a PT, you know, we're not our goal isn't to create pain, but there's definitely a firmer touch. Um, right. And with this work, you're really checking in with the body that day, that hour, that minute, what is the body telling me? Because, you know, I could, someone could be coming in with uh, pain around the right side of their rib cage, but I'm feeling more tension in the body on the left side. And I have to go to that tension and work that first because that tension on the left side could be pulling on the right and creating that issue. Mm. Um, So as the patient comes in, trying to have as little background information before I do my general assessment is helpful, uh, just so I have an unbiased read on the body. And then we get into more history and really get into the treatment. And it's a very, if you ever get a chance to try it out, if you're ever in Denver, or I can send Mm -hmm. you some people in Florida, but um it's very gentle. I think the term visceral manipulation kind of freaks people out sometimes, but it's a very, there's no adjusting of the organs. Um, it's just a gentle massage type thing where we, you know, I'm holding the liver in my hands and guiding it in the direction it wants to go. Um, so it's doing, it's doing a lot of that. And then, There's a huge piece of movement re-education. So this person who was having trouble bringing their arms overhead, we did some overhead press um, and watched how the body moved differently with that new range of motion. Um, Just starting to get that motor control back, get the brain connected with the movement patterns again. Um, There's the realm of self-care education. So what does this patient need to do or not do in between our next sessions. Um, have you heard of yoga tune-up? Yes. Is that the one with like lacrosse balls and stuff like that? And right? Yeah. She, she created a softer, they're softer balls that are grippy. Mm. So it has a little bit more of that fascial um, work that patients mm-hmm. can do on their own. So I love her gorgeous ball for the abdomen. Um most everyone goes home with one of those on their first visit. And then it's starting to piece through things that are in my scope of practice that I can help people start, for lack of a better word, detoxing their lifestyle. Um, you know, what are, what are you putting on your body every day? What are you breathing in um, that is potentially increasing inflammation in your body that's going to slow your healing? Um, and that's what got me into using the doTERRA essential oils as well. Cause that's another way that I can help support patients and, um, start to educate them about, about that realm that's, of healing. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I really love your approach of getting as much, uh, one, there's, there's definitely a, a very intuitive care happening here, right? You have the assessment, you have the general physical assessment stuff, but then you have this approach of this uh, general, or should I say this gentle intuitive approach when it comes to the manual therapy side. Because like you mentioned, 
um, most manual therapy or mo mo most manual therapies are have this more of a firm and sometimes uncomfortable touch, um, which elicits certain qualities of healing. Uh, but also this, what we're starting to see too with uh, energetic, uh, energetic uh, medicine, with bioenergetics, with um, stuff just like uh, cranial sacral therapy and stuff now like visceral uh, manipulation is this soft uh, tissue or literally soft intuitive approach now gives the body this minimal type of stimulus, but gives the opportunity to now have this uh, natural healing effect where it's more of a, you're still putting your hands on, but it's like you're listening more than you're actually touching, which is pretty darn cool. And like you mentioned, I'm sure some of the listeners were like holding what in your hand, <laughs> like holding, holding the lip. Obviously you're not, if, I'm not a liar. When I, uh, when I uh, heard you say that, have you ever seen uh, Jim Carrey when he, uh, I forgot what movie it is where he puts the hand into the guy's chest and takes out his heart. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember what movie that was. I don't but. know. I don't know. It's that's, not like that. Yeah, that's what I pictured. It's like she has the liver in her hand and is going to put it somehow back in. But the idea is uh, basically what you're doing is creating stimulus around the liver, right? And listening to the body and, and seeing where that tension, where that movement per se wants to go and allowing it to go there rather than having this restriction. So I think that approach is super cool. There's a lot of stuff that I'm kind of uh, tampering with and really diving into, uh, which has that similar approach. Um, but I really like this, this internal organ type of approach. It's something that I'm definitely sure a lot of patients aren't, uh, experiencing. A lot of people haven't heard of, uh, and like you mentioned, might be put off just by how it sounds. Um, but I think being open to that and being open to education is super vital. And I think another thing that you mentioned was, uh, this detox and I right away thought about lifestyle detox, right? Those, I talk about lifestyle modifications, but this term like i mean again we just talked about it right now where you talked about this detox this lifestyle detox where you get to really talk to the patient and and listen to what are they what does their routine look like what do what does their recovery look like when they handle stress you know what are they what are their go-to's is it food is it you know beating themselves at the gym you know what is it that they're doing as an escape as a recovery as they're healing and can we as practitioners uh, improve that Right. Can we have uh, or maybe just even opening uh, the conversation of, hey, like you need to uh, start doing this a little bit more or or maybe it's uh, congratulating them and saying, hey, like you've made a you've made a tremendous progression in where you were and where you're at now or even your mindset compared to uh, your peers. Um, I think having that conversation is super important. So that lifestyle detox, that lifestyle modification that you mentioned, I think is uh, one super important and one necessary. Yeah, you I mean you and I both know we you probably see your clients for about an hour. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like what is that person doing the other 23 hours in that day that is either helping the journey or causing that snowball to get stuck. So mm -hmm. I love that. And a lot of times too what we tend to see is it's not it's not what they're doing is a lot of times the problem, but it's what they're not doing, right? And yeah. sometimes uh, vice versa. So adding these little tools, adding or opening up this conversation and getting them to be more aware of, hey, like you're doing too much of this or you're not doing enough of this. And you have to kind of kind of steer them in the right direction, which I think a lot of times as practitioners, we think we need to do, right? There's a lot of stuff we need to do, but a lot of times it's just getting the patient to be accountable um, with, again, now we're mentioning this dietary and this nutritional aspect of not only pain, but organ health and how that perceives into uh, general illness. Definitely. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's that like fine line between 
you know, educating them and guiding them what's right for them. Cause you know, what's right for one person isn't always right for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but also making sure they don't leave our offices with this massive list of things that are wrong with them and right. the stress that they feel from that could be more detrimental than anything else they're doing. So yeah. Absolutely. The biopsychosocial model in full effect. Yes, exactly. Uh, talk to us a little bit more. Uh, I mean, my co-host today is Austin, uh, my admin assistant slash intern. So he has a couple of questions that we'll dive into. But before that, talk to me more about this doTERRA uh, essential oils. I have, uh, again, we have essential oils here at Myronu, which uh, gives it the effect of, again, having, we have the soft tissue, we have the movement, we have the aromatherapy, we have that biopsychosocial uh, bio model. We're, we're really, actually, that's probably like the main part or like the foundation of our pyramid uh, is listening and trying to figure out how we can help them outside of here. Uh, but like adding stuff like essential oils, uh, I think it's it's a good add on. But talk to us a little bit more about this doTERRA oils. Yeah. So I think, yeah, 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 you got it. Um, All right. The I was basically when I got my business started about a year in here in Denver, I was really just starting to dive into the organ work and realize, you know, all these pain medications that patients are taking, it's just, you know, starting to delay some of the healing, it's stressing their organs. So I went on this mission looking for something natural to help them with the pain relief. And, you know, I started with the essential oils at the grocery store and learned very quickly that just like the supplement industry, they're not regulated very well. So mm. a lot of bottles say 100% pure, but they really only need to have 10% pure essential oil on there. Mm. Um, so the rest of it could be fillers, synthetics, basically adding, like you might as well be taking the Tylenol because right. you're still putting uh, toxins. So it was super important if I was going to be using something on my patients that it was going to be clean and legit. Um, so I did a bunch of research and landed on doTERRA because I really um, love their testing procedures. They're really transparent um, about testing results. And they're also just doing amazing things with the countries that they source from. But they started just helping my patients a ton with that. You know as well as I do, it takes a while to relearn movement pro. Uh, movement um, patterns. Yes, and it does. so the pain doesn't always go away right away. And so it's nice to have a tool to help with that. And then it just expanded into, you know, how can I put an oil on the bottom of my foot to support my liver detox? Or how can I start changing the cleaning products that I use at home to lessen my um, interaction with, with toxins? Um, how can I help with bloating and constipation in a more natural way? So it's, it's pretty fun world. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's so much out there when it comes to like uh, natural healing, like homeopathy type of things that again, there's so little time, (laughs) maybe (laughs) enough time, but um, yeah, I mean, again, like even anxiety and depression, there's again, not to say these are the uh, solve cure all. Right. But it's just an added tool. Right. I mean, we use it a lot here just for like ambiance, for vibe, for that energetic type of 
uh, sensation. We want people to come in here and have either this tranquil or like energetic or maybe a combination of the two. Um, I think it sets the mood or set or sets the sets the vibe, the sense the foundation. But yep. even like I mentioned, like you like having this detox when you, when you're supplementing or amplifying this liver detox that's amplifying or should I say supplementing or complementing what you're doing in clinic while you're grasping the liver in your hand and feeling the heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or like, again, it's I think it's added value and some things that um, that patients one can right away implement into their practice, into their routine, uh, whether they do like the little drops or they like they use it as a rub or just like an aromatherapy type of style. I think uh, essential oils, I mean, I've been using it maybe within the last year or so, um, nice. but it's been around for such a long time. But I think as more people like yourself uh, and like us, uh, practitioners and patients and clients and um, start to use it, I think it's, it's going to grow as far as like the awareness of it. Totally. Yeah. Like clients walk into your office and they smell this diffuser that's running and, you know, it goes straight to their limbic system and their mood pro uh, memory processing and hopefully brings their body into a relaxed state where they're actually going to be receptive to the treatment that you're providing. So it's amazing. Exactly. Uh, now we're going to go over and turn the mic over to Austin. He's looking at me like, oh, gosh, <laughs> this is actually his first podcast that he's in and we're throwing him into the fire. Well, Austin. hey, Austin. Hey, Missy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, I'm pretty good. Can't complain. You know, new, new to this, but you learn by doing. Yeah. That's two quick questions for you, if you don't mind. Totally. Um, going back to earlier, the chronic fatigue syndrome you were diagnosed with. Mm -hmm. Do you feel it was more like based off like a lack of energy you had and you're just kind of looking for answers or you kind of went for a checkup and you're like, oh, by the way, like anything that could be wrong currently is probably linked to this? Yeah, I would basically, I got to a point where I would go for a run and I would be almost like flu type symptoms after. I would be achy. I just felt terrible, had a headache. Um so it, it was almost just like feeling run down all the time. I couldn't do, you know, the high level athlete stuff that I was used to. I couldn't even, even just daily activities. It was, they kind of related it a little bit to fibromyalgia too, but um, it was me seeking help for what felt like my body just falling apart. Okay, you're really listening to your body. Um, yep. From there, do you feel the nutrition, the holistic concept, assisted you more or was it more this introduction to visceral therapy that you underwent when you started your degree it was definitely nutrition for the chronic fatigue um because i could tell so it it took me two years to cut beer and my mom's brownies out because they're just so <laughs> delicious <laughs> and every time you know my body awareness was increasing but every time i would have that i would feel the chronic fatigue instantly um, and so it was just, it was cleaning up my diet, getting my vitamins and minerals were that of an 80 year old was what my doctor was saying. So finally getting nutrients back into my body was huge. Okay. Well, I like that. I really liked how you addressed it. Just, uh, I know it's hard to cut out certain things. Just being, I have the biggest <laughs> in the world. So brownies and cake, that is my yep. advice. <laughs> Those are my two questions. I'm going to pass it back to Andy. Yeah, um, well, and what's interesting, too, is I, I have that conversation with my patients all the time. Like, you know, with this organ work, 
we're only going to get so far until that internal environment is optimal to respond to this. So I'll even, you know, tell patients, let's take a little break from this because we're kind of plateauing and you have a lot of changes in your nutrition that need to happen first, and then we can revisit. So I have an awesome gal out in Denver that we work back and forth with. That's awesome. Um, I mean, that was awesome. That was a lot of information, definitely. Um, how can, um, Missy, how can, is there a website that people can kind of reach you at, social media, any uh, like stuff that you're working on currently, any projects that you want the listeners to know and want to like um, have a little plug in? This is your time, Missy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, everyone can find me at stayinvincible.com. Um, I just worked with a awesome group of people to launch a new website about a week ago. Awesome. And there's actually a interactive organ diagram where you can click on different organs and see how it could relate to body issues. Um, and then it leads right to, I have an ebook that breaks down each organ, what essential oils you could use to support that organ, uh, nutrition recommendations from Emily Schramm. She's a nutritional therapy practitioner different massage techniques for each organ. So that's a really cool resource. What kind of emotions can block certain organs? Um, and then my Instagram handle is stay invincible as well. Awesome. And what's the name of the ebook? Is there uh, Organs, oils, and optimal health. Awesome. Yeah. Um, any book recommendations for the audience? For those now barely intrigued into this, uh, sorry, visceral manipulation uh, topic. Yeah, there, you know, if you go on the Baral Institute, it's B-A-R-R-A-L institute.com. They have a bunch of book recommendations um, more for the patient side of it that Mm -hmm. help just explain what is this treatment? Um, What the heck does it mean to have emotions affecting my organs, that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I don't know the names off the top of my head, but those are the ones I hand out to my patients. Often. No worries. Uh, to the listeners, don't worry. I will. You should see the link at the bottom of this podcast. Um, okay. This is, uh, so that was fun. This part yeah. is a little bit of a surprise. Um, this is what I call speed round. Okay. And basically <laughs> I ask you a couple questions and you have literally point one seconds to answer. Oh, gosh. I'm really good at this. That's an arbitrary number because I just made it up. (laughs) But just to have some pressure here. um, Austin's over here uh, laughing. Um, Is this because I told you I wasn't nervous about the podcast? No, this is a (laughs) add-on to every podcast. (laughs) Just because uh, I think it makes it more interesting. And it gets us to learn a little bit more about you. Yeah, totally. So, are you ready for this? Ready. Okay, are you sure you're not nervous? Because I'm a little nervous and I'm not even asking (laughs) the question. I'm ready. I'm on my feet. Got it. All right. Question number one. Favorite movie? Ooh. Uh, Twister. Twister. <laughs> wow. That is a classic, ladies and gentlemen. Pop to my head. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's another question. Toilet paper, over or under? Oh, gosh. I don't pay attention to this. I, I just put it on the way it is. Wow. So yeah. if you had to pick... <laughs> if I had to pick, uh, probably under. Under. There we go. Okay. 
Okay, I'm not sure. How do you feel about that? It should be under. It should be <laughs> that way if you hit it, or it's like a child or a dog, it should all fall out. I have no it's idea about that. There always. I, That's my a good point. My paper roll is not even on a roll. It's just on behind the scenes. So. <laughs> See, um, there you go. Last question. Are you ready? Ready. Okay. Most embarrassing thing you have ever worn? Most embarrassing thing I've ever worn. Oh, gosh. I remember this picture of a, we were selling wallpaper, not wallpaper, wrapping paper at school Mm -hmm. in fifth grade. And we had to model the wrapping paper. So I was literally wrapped in wrapping paper and I have a picture of it. So that was pretty embarrassing. I might need that picture for (laughs) Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, thank you very much. We learned a lot, uh, not only about yourself, Missy, and your approach and your practice and how you're helping patients on a daily basis, uh, but thank you. Thank you very much for being a guest and being on the other side of this mic. Um, Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was super fun. Um, another two thank you that I want to uh, just kind of implement real quick. Uh, thank you to the listeners because without you listeners, without the audience, there would be no podcast. There would be no value add being here. There would be no platform for uh, practitioners and uh, guests like myself and uh, uh, Missy to be able to provide this knowledge and provide this value. So uh, you could have been listening to anything at this moment or listening to nothing, you know, with your drive at, uh, to work with the radio or drive um, to work or away from work. Um, again, at home, you could have been listening to anything, but you chose to listen to this episode. So thank you very much. Um, and thank you to our clients. Thank you for valuing or valuing uh, our approach, valuing uh, what we have to offer. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to share our skills, to share uh, our passion, which is to help people, right? To help people move, feel better, and just be healthy in general. Um, thank you. Because again, if there was no people to work with, there would be, we would have a uh, boring jobs or who knows, I have no idea where I'd be. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. So, um, this is connect and move radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you. And would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and see you on the next episode. Hold up.